Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, that managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, and of course, FightfulSelect.com. Head over there. Check out our premium Fightful service where you can get additional podcasts, dark match commentary, Q&A shows, just all kinds of stuff. Head over there. We're shipping out some of our first rewards uh, as we speak. Actually, not as we speak, this afternoon. But uh, a little programming note. This Saturday, I'll be giving you all a free preview of Fightful Select as the Fightful Select Weekender podcast will be free on Saturday. I do this about once a month as a preview of the service, and with Dominion on Saturday, I'll be covering that. I'll talk the Super Junior Finals, Ring of Honor, NXT, 205 Live, Impact, basically everything non-Raw and SmackDown. Lots of cool stuff on Fightful Select, and uh, I'm really excited to give you all this preview on Saturday. Our retro review launch, myself and Mr. Warren Hayes covered Great American Bash 1996, that was a blast. Very much looking forward to having him on these retro reviews. Uh, Hopefully for the foreseeable future, he did a great job, and it was a lot of fun. Also, uh, on Fightful Select, Jimmy Van's match archive. We did uh, commentary over top of a Bobby Roode tag team match from 2001, and Jimmy Van has a lot of interesting stories about these wrestlers that he would bring in, and either they had already made it big or they were about to make it big. So check that out as well. I also had a talk with Steven Muehlhausen, who was live at the courthouse today for CM Punk's court case. We'll be there for t- uh, tomorrow's closing arguments as well. This show, however, brought to you by omgee.com. If you've never heard of ghee, which I hadn't until about two weeks ago, it is an awesome, not even an alternative to butter. It's what I use instead of butter now. I was able to get some of this stuff at omgee.com. That's O-M-G-H-E-E.com. And it is delicious. It set off some pork chops that I had today like crazy. It's got some healthy fats. It's got your omega-3s, your omega-9s. It's got vitamin A, D, E, and K. It's got a lot of great stuff in it. It's what, it's what you'll see a lot of athletes using. You'll see a lot of uh, nutri- top nutritionists using this. Go check it out. Let the people at OMG know that you heard about it from us. You can follow them at OMG Butter on Twitter. 
show them some love because that means you're showing us some love too. So definitely go check them out. I am joined tonight by one Alexander Pawlowski. And I'll go ahead and get it out of the way. Tonight, WWE Monday Night Raw hit us right in the penis. Yep. That they did. Uh, My penis is bruised. That's how hard they hit us in it. Well, before we get into that, there was a court case that started last week. Have you followed along with the CM Punk deal? Not as close as I probably should have. I just got back from a little vacay with the fam and I was kind of, there's no service at the cabin where we were. So I really wasn't following along and I kind of had to get all caught up with a lot of stuff today and kind of missed out on it. There's some interesting stuff over there. We have the notes on Fightful.com. Steve Muehlhausen was there. They they had testimony from AJ Lee from CM Punk's massage therapist who saw the lump from Lumpgate. Mm. This lump is is going crazy, Alex. He did confess that he. I don't think he got it diagnosed as a staph infection. Yeah. However, it was also revealed that Chris Amon may have violated HIPAA laws by sending a cease and desist letter to Colt Cabana in which (laughs) featured some of CM Punk's privileged information. Yep, that sounds about right. The guy suing for defamation, Mm -hmm. who also may have gotten a promotion shortly after this podcast dropped, has basically said, you ruined my Thanksgiving. (laughs) Man! Uh, I'm filing suit against at least one of my relatives because there's oh, always please. at least one that ruins Thanksgiving. Please do. If that if that's the way that you build your case, yeah. oh boy, I didn't realize how much of an uphill battle this is going to be for Chris Amon yeah. until I started to hear some of this testimony that came out. Man, of course, we're going to have more on that. I, I will have a live call with Steve Muehlhausen after closing arguments tomorrow. Keep in mind, CM Punk fights this Saturday in this same city at UFC 225. He's got to have a, uh, a weight cut this week. By the way, Holy Smokes MMA podcast, 3 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday. We've got Colby Covington on the show. Lots of pros picks. And then the night of UFC 225, myself and James Lynch will be live. I am filming shows all week long. I have like eight or nine shows if you include the, the stuff with Steve, so... Uh, let me tell you, I'm way more excited to talk about that than I am about the shit that I'm about to talk about right now. Yep. WWE Monday Night Raw, June 4th. There were some funny script notes that I'll I'll hit you all with, too. You all can check those out in full in the weekly, or the full script is over at FightfulSelect.com right now, and I'm just trying to plug shit so I don't have to talk about the actual show. Uh, to be fair, I thought the show kicked off fairly well. Elias comes out. You know he's kicking off the show. That's cool. You know he's getting interrupted, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's always getting interrupted. Yeah, no, it's not possible for him to not be interrupted. I mean, I think I wonder what's the first thing that's going to happen. And honestly, after tonight, I think we know the answer. Will Elias get through a whole song without being interrupted before? Curtis Hawkins wins a match. 
And I think we now know that it probably is going to be the second one that happens first. Because what they're doing with that story. This so. show, by the way, titled Believe. So the B team getting some some love. That, that kind of telegraphed the, the victory for me there. But even the interruptions are getting interrupted. Jinder Mahal, Roman Reigns come out, and you know we've got a tag team match. Yeah, this was stupid. Like, when Seth Rollins going to the to the uh coming down he's get he gets the equalizer not Denzel Washington but a chair and and he stands yeah. there with the chair and he gets in the ring and they have a face off chair versus a guitar and you know from the way they were doing it they expected the crowd to be totally into it but they were like is one of you going to swing your weapon or nah cuz this is getting kind of boring because they were standing there for like 15 seconds doing nothing. And the crowd was like, not into it. So eventually they swing and hit stuff. And like, yes, the chair is harder than the guitar. So as it turns out, yes, as it turns out. Yes. And then, um, you know, gender comes out cause gender and Roman comes out cause Roman. And then Kurt Angle comes out. And here's the thing. I think if any general manager, no matter who it is, comes out in such an obvious, whoa, 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 we're going to have a tag team match here instead of this brawl. They should come out to Teddy Long's music. It should be like this memorial thing. Like, we all know what's happening here. Let's just do it. Why not? Because this was so obvious from the We're having like a Teddy Long button where as soon as you hit it, (laughs) tag team match. There you go. Yep, that's it. They need that for Madison Square Garden too because you know someone is going to go, one-on-one with The Undertaker. Yeah, that's right. It's going to happen. Uh, this very much seemed like a we have their money, save it for the pape match. Yep. <laughs> there wasn't a lot special. The crowd loves it with bananas, so I can't really blame the guys in the ring for working that kind of match. I am going to mention the Falcon Arrow because it's great. And I, outside of, man, I forgot how terrible David Otunga was on commentary. Yeah. Nothing uh, that he says I buy at all. I missed the beginning where they said why he was there. I'm assuming Coachman just had the week off and wasn't fired for cause. Um, but, I mean, like, I love they're like, David Otunga going to film this movie where he's a big action star now. A, the movie hasn't come out yet. That was like two years ago. And B, um, actually, what you should have said was, we're getting David Otunga as far away from a commentary booth as we possibly can because we, like you, realize that he is horrible and know the occasional guest starring role back on the commentary desk does nothing to improve his abilities therein it's not often that a man's first acting role is his defining acting role <laughs> and his brief existence in the call yep. was his best yeah. acting role yeah he was so bad like i don't buy anything he says there's nothing noble about going after Seth Rollins' neck while it's injured. I'm like, would you shut up? Would you yeah. stop it? Cut what, it out. Weren't, Cut you a, it what, out. weren't you a part of the Nexus, dude? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys did worse than just going after an injured body part. By the way, they do bring up Seth Rollins' neck, and I do like that they bring that up because that is a story that is played throughout this sure. match and will be played uh, through the next two weeks. There's a drive-by and a super kick, but Sunil Singh gets involved. 
Rollins is a suicide dive and hurts his neck there. Catches Singh trying to use a chair and takes it away. And for some reason, he drags it into the ring but gets DDT'd on it immediately. Mm-hmm. Don't know why that's not a DQ. No. Maybe it's because Rollins brought it in and it's just it just happened to be there. That I could buy. Yeah. But <laughs> Rollins gets pinned after Drift Away. I, I, I love the storytelling of Rollins' neck. That was sure. really cool. Glad Elias got the win. That that was fine. I mean, it was it was just a there match until the end, honestly. Yeah. Um the thing that me that I hated the most was when Rollins is setting up for, you know, the not curb stomp. Um Michael Cole's like, Oh, he's setting up for the move known as the stomp. I'm like, you guys have actually named it that? It's not just a thing Did that Kirk you say. Franklin give them permission? <laughs> I don't think so. You can't but, just do that. <laughs> um, uh, you can't. I mean, I thought it was just a thing that they were saying as a placeholder. Like, it's basically, oh, that's basically what it is when you say the stomp. Like, you say the knee. Um, I thought they were figuring out what it was going to be called. But no, it's just going to be called the stomp, which is stupid. Our friends at Pro Wrestling Unlimited, by the way, check them out. Subscribe to them on YouTube. They say that uh, Coach was on assignment. In reality, he was covering the World Long Drive Golf Championship on the Golf Channel. So that's good for him. Apparently, that's a better payday. (laughs) Uh So I like the storytelling here. This should have been the first thing that led to Baron Corbin becoming the constable. Yes. He should have even... He should have had noble intentions, I think, <laughs> in starting this up. But later on, there is this miserable back and forth between Jinder Mahal and Roman Reigns, who are on different ends of the arena. Now, yes. as the show goes on, I'm in a chat with Pat Fannin and Andrew Thompson, a couple of our writers who call out stories while this is going on. And Pat said, they literally scripted Roman Reigns to say, yeah, well, I know where you are. And then he walks the wrong way. And ask somebody where gender is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Why? Why? They what? can't even point him in the right direction. They they here's the thing. I really wish that they they were a little bit more self-aware and could poke fun at themselves occasionally. Because how great would it have been if when Roman Reigns is walking through the backstage area looking for gender, he's like, Hey, have you seen gender? And all of a sudden you hear, I'm up here. I'm up here, Roman. And he learns around. He's like standing up on like some scaffolding. I think we're the only ones who get that joke. And people who watch our show. (laughs) Everyone who saw that promo knows how terrible that was. There's a solid (laughs) 10 to 15,000 people who get that joke. I don't know how many of them would be in attendance, but (laughs) Reigns kicks the living shit out of Jinder Mahal. Sure. Every week, Jinder Mahal seems more like a baby face. I mean, Singh seems like a heel. But gender seems like he's the fiery baby face. I mean, yeah. I, I am very excited for Rollins and Elias, though. I can't wait for that. That's going to be a really great match. Uh, I I hope. Gosh, the uh, the part of me part of me is like, well, if they take the title off of of, of Rollins and put it on Elias, that's cool for Elias, and it might mean that they're really to pull the trigger. On a on a Rollins versus Roman program, heading into SummerSlam, mm-hmm. because you don't need the belt for that. It kind of just clogs up that program. Actually, 
But the other part of me is like, no, I need more Rollins giving out, um, you know, challenges because there's so many great guys who need to answer it. Like, give me a Chad Gable versus Seth Rollins open challenge. I would love that. Puts him to his limit for 15 minutes. God, I think that could be the the Neville John Cena of Rollins open challenges. Yeah. There are a bunch of tacos and shit at ringside. Kurt Hawkins has a jobber to face him for what he hopes is not his 200th loss. Uh Now, funny story. They're in Houston, and the jobber's name is James Harden for a cheap Uh pop. On the production script, which you all can see by subscribing to Uh FightfulSelect.com, the name was supposed to be Steph Curry. Uh So they changed it for some reason. Probably well, because they didn't know what they were doing. Right. Somebody came up with it who doesn't know basketball. Mm-hmm. And like, or doesn't understand what they were trying to do. Like, hey, it'll be great. They'll cheer for Kurt Hawkins because he's beating up the guy who ended their team's season. Um, but I guess that's not what they wanted. I they don't know what they want. Wanted. I don't know if he's a face or a heel. They still wanted him to be booed. So he's beating up James Harden, who, let's be honest, because of his poor play in Game 7, kind of cost the team the championship. I would have loved if he crossed up Kurt Hawkins and then stared at him as he fell down. <laughs> that would have been really great. fun. If that guy had nailed a Euro step layup, man, it would have been perfect. <laughs> like, that's how he hits the ropes. He does a Euro step into the ropes. <laughs> oh, it's sad oh. that we have to pretend that this stuff happened because it's way more fun than what actually did. Basketball jokes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Harden gets his ass kicked, but Baron Corbin comes out and just hits the end of days on him to get him DQ'd, which I thought was hilarious. That was, that was great. That was so Baron good. Corbin was the best thing about this show. He absolutely was, and I'm so happy for his new role on this show. It's oh, me great. too. It's I'm stoked be for it. 200 losses in a row for Hawkins. Corbin then throws Hawkins into the tacos. Backstage, Corbin says that he went to WWE HQ, went all the way there to Stanford. Yeah. And Stephanie McMahon has named Corbin a constable. Yep. Now, I just want to say, in my town, when I was a teenager, Rent-A-Cop, mm-hmm. constable. <laughs> like, he's one step away from being... All right. Day day on next Friday, top flight security. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Apparently, he has some stroke. Well, you know, he's he's the guy who's. Uh, I love the idea of. Um, I'm not your boss. I'm your boss's like snitch. Yeah, like, that's that's a great thing. So he can just like lord it over. Like he can't make Kurt Angle do anything, but he can passively aggressively, passive aggressively get him to to consider stuff. Oh, I would love a snitch gimmick. Like they they refer to the head of USADA, Jeff Nowitzki. Brendan Schaub always calls him the golden snitch Mm. because you know he's he's got to break the news to you when you fail a drug test. (laughs) And obviously, that's I'm pretty sure it's a Harry Potter trademark or something. But I would love a snitch gimmick. I always liked Just Joe the brief amount of time that he was there, Mm -hmm. where he just stirred shit up. And really, I thought that's what Corey Graves is going to do for a while. I thought Corey Graves is going to be the journalist who stirs shit up backstage, and that would have been great for everybody involved. Yeah. It's an easy way to start a storyline. That way you don't have to say, your sisters aren't real, and you didn't serve in the military. 
Oh, ah. God. Oh, God, please. Let's just skip that entire storyline when we get to it. Uh. So, uh... <laughs> whew. Also, uh, in between segments, I want to thank people over at Premier MMA Championship for having me. I called some action there the other night. It was on fight. I want to thank everybody for their kind words for uh, my commentary work. That was a blast. I'll be back there in a couple of months in Covington, Kentucky. So check that out. It's on the fight app. It'll air on Spectrum Sports as well. Wanted to bring that up before this show went even further downhill. Ronda Rousey is on commentary, and man, it was really bad. She hit this right for the picking line like twice. It was weird. They re- they, they she did it, and and then they went to commercial, and then Graves gave her the exact same setup, to which she replied with the exact same joke or line or whatever. They did funny. a live reshoot. Yeah, for it was a line. So weird. I didn't understand that. Um, this weird thing is that that the best and the worst of Ronda Rousey came out uh, on the mic came out during this thing. That weird little thing about only my wife, my husband can call me right for the picking, which is weird. That wasn't, that wasn't good, but her whole like thing of like, um, so, Hey, Natalia's in there attempting judo throws on Naya and it's not working. What's to say that it's going to be any better for you to Olympics. Like, yeah, that's great. That's all she needed to say. That, that's absolutely true because I believe that Natalia is not as good at judo as as Ronda Rousey yep. is. And for her to just come out and say it, that's great. I also love, like, was like, well, what are you going to do if, if if she gets headbutt? If you headbutts you like that, what are you going to do? Uh, are you be ready for it? I guess I just got to be ready for it. I'm not going to go in there and practice taking She, she should have done the Harley race where he Bruce Pritchard always tells a story where he says, what's your finish, kid? And they tell him. <laughs> I'll move. <laughs> One of those. Harley Race, the same guy who CM Punk says that he found like $10,000 checks collecting dust underneath his couches. <laughs> but this match is the shits. It's oh, not good. It's not good. good. It's bad. <laughs> Natalia dropped uh, Naya with a discus clothesline. Natty is hurt, and Naya drops over the Samoan drop, scores the pin. Naya pretending to be concerned about Natalia is some of the worst acting I've ever seen. That's the whole thing is that I, I don't think she was supposed to be pretending to be concerned about her. Like she and Natty have a relationship from, from Total Divas. Like they were together all weekend. Yeah, they're friendly. They're friendly. They played that up. Like they were whole, all over their social media. Right. They choreographed a goddamn dance together this weekend. Exactly. So I actually like the idea of, like, I have no beef with Natalia. She's my friend. Nobody has beef. They got rid of all the goddamn tacos. That's true. Um, but I, but I like the idea of I don't. I'm not. I'm not angry at her. I'm friends with her. I don't like you, Rhonda. Like that's different. I like that they're like that Natalia, quote unquote, is a baby face now. And Nia Jax, who used to be a baby face two weeks ago, is now a heel. But they can still be friends and they had a match and Nia won the match because Natalia somehow sprained her knee while falling six inches. Um and- I mean it can happen. I mean, to be honest with you, from what I know about knees like legitimately men tend to tear their acls with contact injuries right women tear it with non-contact it can happen sure i i don't believe that natalia did it 
during that in that move because she didn't oh, sell it until she no. broke ropes. Yeah, it was bad. Um, but I, I I think it's it's really actually interesting from a character standpoint for Rhonda to be incredibly protective of like her one real friend in in like in in storyline. I like that a lot. I don't know if it's going to lead anywhere, but I like that there's a gray area that both Naya and Rhonda are friends with Natalia. Like I think that's that's interesting. It never gets shown in uh, particularly in the women's division where everyone just is catty to each other no matter what. So yeah, the the Rhonda thing, she was like mad that Naya was checking on her. Maybe and I mean if if Rhonda would have explained you didn't have to hit her with a Samoan drop, whatever. Right, sure. And that would make sense because, I mean, maybe you know, Ron's a little new to this. And then yeah. that would explain Naya backstage saying, the same ballet. Because right. backstage, N- Natalia's trying to put weight on her knee. Rousey doesn't like that Naya's checking on Natalia again. And Natty plays the mediator and says that she needs her time. Mm-hmm. Now, this was shitty. That was bad. It was dumb. Right. What I'll ask you is, do you think this plays into Money in the Bank? Do you think yes. they'll run it? Do you think they'll run a thing where she can't go at Money in yes. the Bank? Yes. And Bailey, maybe Bailey replaces her? Bailey's getting in that match. Yeah. I think I think they're gonna do a Bailey versus Ruby Riot thing or something like that. Uh Ruby's which, in, right? No, she's not. She's, she's not. not. No, she lost she lost the she was in the gauntlet match last week and and lost to Sasha. Sasha's in because Ruby's not. So that so, that would be like Ruby's third time losing qualifying match. But here's the thing: oh, I honestly God. feel like Ruby versus Bailey should should go, and Sasha should attempt to help Bailey and fail, and Ruby wins. And now Bailey's pissed at Sasha again because stop teasing us with this. Like, oh, they're friends again. We know you're building to a match between them. Yeah, just do it already. You know. Who boy? Who boy? Braun Strowman defeated Bobby Roode. I, Bobby Roode didn't say a damn thing in that interview. Like, he said a whole lot of nothing. And then glorious. That was it. Yeah, well, I, I, I liked the part where he was like, it's going to be glorious. Pause, pause, pause. And Renee's <laughs> like, yeah, so thanks for that. Anyway, how about this match? You're going to, like, that's, <laughs> that's so good. Because all he is is a damn catchphrase. And once you, like, Strip that from him. He's he's a guy in a robe. I just want to say there have been times when I've interviewed people and I've asked them a question and they don't answer the question and they try to set me up to ask the next question and I'm like, no, but but what about the question that I just asked? Can we get to that one first? No, nope. before we do the other stuff. Rude kicks Braun, gets free fall DDT'd on a glorious DDT attempt or just free fall dropped. Then Braun Strowman, it's a double underhook suplex, just like my boy Billy Robinson used to. That was actually very impressive. I've never seen Braun do that before, and that was pretty awesome. I love that this guy finds new things to do. They just like they're they're like, okay, you got to do the thing where you run into the post. He's like, okay, but but if I have to do that, can I also do a double underhook suplex? And they're like, sure, kid, you do that too. Like he's finding new things to do, and I love it. New things like hitting the ring post. I know, I know. That's the that's one thing. That's the thing that he has to do every match. And this is like, he's like, well, if I have to do that, can I do this instead? So. 
Somebody says, SRS, do you know anything about WWE trying to offer contracts to contracted talent? Uh, do I ever? Ah. Myself and Jimmy Van had fight of the century about it last week. That was Go. uncomfortable. I was watching. I was like, oh, oh no, I was like I watching your parents. I was like, I oh, my God, you guys going to get a divorce? Is it my fault? <laughs> I can't imagine how Nigel and Melissa felt. Like, <laughs> Nigel, our producer, is, like, coaching Melissa, one of our, our – one of our coworkers on how to produce the show. Cause he'll be, I think he might be out this weekend. So they were just sitting there uncomfortably as we're yelling at each other, calling each other idiots and morons. And I could tell Jimmy thought that I was bothered by it, but I was like, man, this is pretty good. <laughs> it's just one of those things you're like, this is a lot of fun. Let's go with this. But yeah, that's a, that's a fun talk. Head over there. I'm sure we'll follow up on it to some degree. I'm listening to boy Wednesday. Hmm. Oh boy. So Bobby Roode sets up a ladder, and for some reason, he slides under this ladder, and (laughs) he's like, ha-ha! Okay, now, first off, it's like, oh, how's he going to get around this one? It's like, what's that movie, uh, Wet Out American Summer, where there's the the chase, and there's like this, this road cone or something, and they're staring at it in the middle of the road, and they're like, how? How will we get around this? Uh, Braun could have slid it in the ring first off. Sure. But doing what Braun does, he opts to Donkey Kong it, mm-hmm. which leads to probably the single greatest moment in Bobby Roode's main roster run, a fantastic facial expression. Yep. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, I, I liked. I think his his plan was... Like, because here's the thing that Braun does in every match as well. Now he chases people around the ring, uh, possibly running into them and knocking them over. So Rude expects that, and it thinks if he slides under the ladder, then Braun will just run into it and be somehow incapacitated by hitting a, a ladder at, you know, belly button high. Uh, but Braun stops, and Rude's next plan is to be like, taunt him in front of the ladder. And I thought to myself, oh, he's just going to pick up that ladder and throw it at Bobby. Uh, but instead, he he when he raised his arms up in the brawn thing, I was like, oh, no, that that poor ladder. Because <laughs> he just great. smashes it down. And I think to myself, like, I know that's a, that's a, you know, that's a rigged ladder or whatever. Um, but still, like, the bones underneath your, it, like, the shin of your arm just across whatever ladder that that can't have felt great. You mean you mean your forearm? Well, yeah, but I think of full forearm is like the meat up here, but like just the actual bone, like that's never good when you get hit in that. So, yeah. oh, power oh. slam pin. This is the most entertained I've been by Bobby Roode on the main roster. Yes, absolutely. This is one of those things where I was watching that going when that when the moment happened with the ladder, I was like. Man, if they're if they're giving this away for free two weeks before Money in the Bank, like that could have been a spot. Twelve minutes into Money in the Bank, where I would have been, it would have been that would have been a huge pop, like it was tonight. But like, so if that's getting given away for free now, like the stuff. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. 
It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The planning with Braun has got to be out of this world. I think that's their, in their mind, that might that type of thing might make up for the the lackluster show. Like, oh, they got a moment. They got a a moment. That's the thing. You know, that's the thing always books towards moments and not towards you know lasting storylines. That's what they say. The person who brought up the contract thing said, "I mean MLW. Yeah, uh, head over to fightfulwrestling.com. Click our exclusive section. I talked to Court Bauer, the owner of MLW, about that about a week ago, week and a half ago. It was in the weekly too." Read the weekly, guys. It's got exclusives in it every week. Stuff you won't hear anywhere else except for Fightful and Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Top Contender Battle Royal. uh, Authors of Pain are nowhere to be seen. Okay, so someone's going to have to explain to me, like, not only, like, where they are, but, like, why they are. Why are they here? Like, if, I mean... You, you got Drew and Dolph in this match, and they weren't at the cookout last week. So we know people who weren't at the cookout can be in this match. But then again, if your whole plot is to put the B team over and give them a shot at the titles versus, you know, um, Bray and Matt, then why are, why are Drew and Dolph even in this match to, to go out first? Like, we can, we can talk about this whole, this whole match, but... If you have Drew and Dolph in, and they're the last two in there besides the B-team, then you actually have drama. Once it's the B-team and Slater and Rhino, we all know who's going to win. The the Battle Royal was just bad. Badly booked. Yep. I agree. Uh, This has been such a nothing tag team run for Hardy and Wyatt. They cut a pretty long promo that eventually... The crowd gets into, but they've they've had nothing. That's the whole thing. Is it was so weird. I was like, when Bray was doing his promo, it was hitting all of his old Bray stuff. It's like these two don't realize they're gonna be in the ring with a couple of gods. I'm like, oh no, no, that was the thing. That was who you were before the Lake of Reincarnation. So did the Lake of Reincarnation just make you Matt's friend? I thought it changed who you were fundamentally. I mean, I know you dressed the same, got all the same moveset, but I thought it like it took away that part of you that believed you were a god because that was Sister Abigail within you corrupting your soul. And I thought the Lake of Reincarnation banished her to another dimension, whatever the hell Matt does with his lake. But this was just Bray Wyatt doing Bray Wyatt crap. 
And I, it it just it made me sad because I I was hoping they were going to do something where it wasn't that anymore, but it was totally that. I look back over the last eight years specifically, and there are dozens of guys that at the very least looked like they could have had a short run with the title or mm-hmm. at the very least main evented a pay-per-view as a challenger for a title. And I just look at them and I'm like, man, they marginalize so many people. They really do. If you all want to see something like go back and be like, wow, I kind of forgot about that. You know, I'm not a big Ryback guy, but look at the reaction he got when he, Helped out Vince McMahon against CM Punk. Yeah, I was like, my God, that guy was red hot at that time because they they booked that right for that moment. And there's so many of these people like they had a character in Bray Wyatt. It's real hard to make that supernatural character these days yeah. and make it believable. And I thought that they've had a couple gimmicks that they completely wasted. It wasted. They had the Bray Wyatt thing where you're just a creepy horror movie character. And they had Sammy Callahan as a hacker, which, I mean, you want to turn the lights out, he can physically turn the lights out with a damn phone or something. Like, you've got a way that you can do these things, but make it a little more realistic. I I don't understand some of it. I I don't get it. And then you see something like what they put out on Harper this past weekend, the before they were in WWE thing. And I'm like, why aren't any of these ever on WWE programming? And some people will go, well, well, man, you know, you don't want them to sympathize with a heel. I don't care. I want them to identify with somebody face, heel, whatever. Just let them identify good, bad, or indifferent. Cause I guarantee you that if you did one of those videos on Baron Corbin, he would go out of his way to be the biggest dick he possibly could. Because he knows that's the way he can maximize his minutes. Yeah, I just think there is a gross injustice done to so many of these people creatively. Anyway, Dolph Ziggler gets super kicked out of the Battle Royal by Breeze, and then McIntyre beats the shit out of everyone. They have to finish on Bo Dallas. Coming back from commercial, Fandango eliminates Connor, then the Revival chuck out Fandango. Rhino eliminates Dash Wilder, and after all these eliminations happen, the other guy has to awkwardly, like, leave. Yeah, I don't like I that always rule. That about tag Team Battle Royals. Well, the whole thing is you don't have to do it that way. I've actually seen in WWE where both members of the tag team have to be eliminated in order for the team to be eliminated. I've seen them do it that way. They just decide to do it one way or the other depending on what they want to do. Um, whereas like if Dolph gets eliminated first and Drew lasts for the rest of the rumble, the rest of the battle Royal, that's a cool story. Like where Drew like single-handedly just wrecks everybody and Dolph can come out and be like, yeah, that was me. I did that. And that's a fun little gag for him to be like the guy who's on the coattails of his bigger compatriot. But in this case, Dolph gets eliminated first and then Drew's like, now I am angry, Scotsman, and I will beat you up. And, but it means nothing. And you kind of nerfed this amazing momentum these two guys had. If they weren't going to win, they shouldn't have been in this match. Eh. You are muted. It didn't seem that difficult to have these two guys say, especially, 
we don't we shouldn't have to go through all these people. We should have this already. Hmm. Yeah. B team Slater and Rhino. Slater fires up pretty well, but accidentally knocks Rhino off the apron. B team are getting a title shot. <clears throat> all right. B team have merch. They do. They do, yeah. and of course they had to put some shit on the back. Yeah, they did. They the had B- to. You couldn't just have the B. You no. had to have it on the back say, the B stands for best. Which I'm pretty sure Bo said at some point. But We did, but. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. Here's the thing. What I love about this is that if you, if any of you out there pay $30 for this thing, instead of finding an old white t-shirt yes. in your house and a Sharpie, and making this exact shirt yourself. You're the biggest sucker in the world. By the way, this this terrible Sharpie drawn shirt looks so much better than the Miz shirt and whatever. Who are the other ones that have been so terrible recently? Like there's, there's just block lettering and a weird. Some bad ones. There, been, some there have been some bad ones. I will recently. say that there have been some better ones too. Like the Finn Balor shirt, I think That's is a, fine. is a good design. Yeah. WWE's constant need to put shit on the back of their shirts drives a lot of people away. Also, uh, the fabric is terrible. Yeah. Mother of God. It's bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Also, that tag they throw in at the bottom, man. Wouldn't be caught dead in a lot of that stuff. That's why, instead, I just go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful, and I buy some of the awesome shirts there. Man, you can still get a point at the fucking sign shirt. Yeah. WrestleMania is happening again next year. Go ahead and get it. Get, get them while they're hot. <laughs> Here's the thing. I guarantee you, even next year, they're still going to point oh, the fucking yeah. sign. Especially her. She's yeah. gonna. She's gonna. So let's talk about them shoehorning shit in on this show. There was a HIPAA reference. Do you think that was because of the CM Punk thing? Of course it was. There was a Pusha T reference. I, I, I can kind of appreciate just bringing him up because... Sure. I mean, he did get away with verbal murder. Yeah, there's one of my favorite things about going back on on the on the network and watching old random Raws from the '90s is because you know they're, they're, that Vince and Lawler are good for like, uh, like two or three really obscure pop culture and political references. From like whatever's happening shit about Bosnia, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever's happening in the third week of May, nineteen ninety five, like it's a time capsule from then. Yeah, just to listen to those guys banter about what's going on on Capitol Hill, like it's just they'll, they'll talk about something that is so obscure now, but was hot for like a day back yeah, then. Absolutely, be like, man, Kyle Petty did this, and I'm like, man, Kyle Petty, didn't he drive the mellow yellow car? I'm pretty sure our friends at PWU would be able to tell us, but yeah, man. <laughs> also, there was one other one that I can't really remember, but they they threw in another reference as well. But yeah, at least they brought up Pusha T. Oh, here it was. It was the burner account jokes. Yep, that's what it was. The Jerry Colangelo stuff. So it, this is the night that wrestling died. XXVIIIIII. Yeah. Lashley wants to face off with Sami Zayn, but he is in the crowd instead. Zayn says that he couldn't cook the organic tofu steaks he wanted. I love that line. Yeah, that's a that's a very self aware Sami Zayn reference. Now here's himself. the thing: I don't know if Sami Zayn came up with that line yeah. or if Vince McMahon said, "Only a goddamn heel would eat organic tofu steaks." 
Yeah, or 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 a lib, a dirty Ambien lib. Reference. That yeah. was the other one too. Oh yeah, Ambien reference. Yeah, to John Cone, who apparently said racist stuff during the match. Since that's mm. that's the gravity of the Ambien joke, right. but yeah. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Yeah, me. Yeah, no, he did not. Since he gave a team with two black girls and a Hispanic girl, the win over three white girls. So I'm pretty sure he didn't take some Ambien and do some racist shit in that no, but, match. But, but Ambien actually in John reality, Cone hates white people. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, he, he, uh, Ambien does make you make terrible decisions. Oh when yeah. You use it. Um, one of those decisions usually isn't like make a non-racist person racist. Yeah. So, yeah, there there was a person I didn't believe them honestly for all these years until I heard a lot of the stories. But she said that <laughs> when she was on Ambien, she went to her fridge, got her jar of mayo, opened up her covers, lathered it in mayo, threw it back down, <laughs> and went to sleep on the couch. thing and you know she she didn't tweet anything racist either so there we go, no, there go. but she did make a hell of a mayo sandwich yeah yeah mayo mayo sheet sandwich that would have been much more entertaining to watch than this bobby lashley Sami Zayn thing bobby lashley is so goddamn dead in the water yeah oh my god it's so bad i would have rather listened to them talk about mayo I mean, I, I rather I did find it more entertaining when they talked about tofu steaks. Makes fun of Bobby Lashley's inspirational quotes in his fan club. Says that he has uh, Zane admits he has anonymous accounts and uh, ho 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 burner accounts, burner accounts, basketball jokes. Yeah. Sammy Zane says that Lashley makes everything up, including his army service, and he has gone too far. He crossed a line, damn it. I, I love, I love it. Here's the thing. Michael Cole, at the end of this terrible segment, says, I can assure you folks at home, Bobby Lashley did serve in our armed forces proudly. He's a member of, like, like oh, you're the authority on, on it, Michael Cole? Thank you. We, we trust you because you've said it. Now we believe people it. producing some of these I, segments. I Do know. they speak to people? I mean, they have to speak with people outside of the scope of this show. They got to interact with people to relay the information. Is that how they sound? Nope. This uh, sucks. It was so bad. Like I was, I was so excited for a, for a Bobby Lashley, the TNA version of Bobby Lashley yep. to show up. And, and here's the thing. Here, think of if Bobby Lashley shows up, and he and he, and he just he interrupts a, a Braun Strowman match, and he comes down and he just pelts him in the face, and he says, "I was told when you show up at a new place, you find the biggest, baddest dude in the yard." Because he always believed that in Impact, like like that was that would have been so great if he actually said, "I'm not afraid of you, Biggin. Let's go." Like that's a that's a feud if you make him that guy. Now, I don't want to see Bobby Lashley do anything with anybody. And I will also say, he was so much more fun with Sammy as a heel when he was righteous versus versus Shane O'Mac. 
Like he was in the right and we were like, oh, Sammy, you're so funny dancing weirdly to your own theme song. We like you a lot. Now it's like, I don't want to see Sammy because that means I also have to see Bobby. Like that's how bad this has gotten is you've made me not want to see one of my favorite performers in Sammy Zayn on TV. Bailey, who replaced Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, and Ember Moon, briefly defeated the Riot Squad when not racist John Cone allowed a weird series of events to happen. When I see main roster additions like Ember Moon and Ruby Riot, I wonder what the need to bring green wrestlers up with such with such regularity is. And I mean, I like Carmella as a character; she's she's good. Alexa Bliss has proven to be able to hold her own. Sarah Logan ain't ready. Liv Morgan isn't ready. Dana Brooke was never ready. I'm like, why did you all need Nia Jax? I I think the main roster would have been fine all this time without Nia Jax. I'm sure she would have been up by now. Yeah. But I'm like, what I, was I, what was the need? I think Carmella has improved drastically in the past she has, year. But like, she was super green when she came up. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing is that for some reason they're like, we want you to learn on the main roster not learn in NXT. Like there's people who were like ready, ready and past ready to get brought up. And then there are people who were like, Oh no, no, we're good. You're good. We, you, you know, enough now come up here, flounder on TV and learn the ropes on the road. And it's like, that doesn't serve anybody. Like they'd be better off staying off NXT TV and learning all that stuff in matches at the at, you know at the performance center and doing the Florida loop because this isn't working. Although I did see flashes from both Logan and Morgan in the match tonight with, fu- with fun, ma- with fun movers. Um, Morgan did something to, to Sasha in the corner that I really liked the stomp. To that, a, to that alley-oop and that, that skateboard yeah. stomp essentially. I liked that a lot. Logan had, was, was really hard hitting. I, I like that. That knee, she didn't follow up. She, there was no urgency after that knee. No. She just stood there. She's like, yeah, I did a cool move. Yeah, well, I'm like, why didn't you? She was probably yeah. thinking about her uncle's taters farm. But um, I, I whatever. They're, they're, they're not ready. You're absolutely right. But I'm watching them and I'm going, ah, if you actually use them right in NXT, meaning off TV for a while, and then actually – found the right program for them to get involved in. Okay, I could see that, but not here and not now. And I was also watching it going, hot damn, is Ember ever ready for this, you know, for for this stage? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I think it's, I don't think she'd be a very exciting money in the bank holder. Um, uh, so, because I feel like she's like with she's such an over baby face, it's really hard for those guys to to hold the to hold the briefcase. But I think she she's going to be the unsung star of the match. So, uh, Alexa Bliss says she pulls her hamstring early on. She leaves. I also noticed with that team, WWE really overdoes it with the fake hair colors. Ember Moon has this nice double chicken wing reversal where she just goes in between the ropes and Ruby like cracks her face across the ropes. The Sasha Banks hot tag clotheslines on Liv Morgan were pathetic. Those were sad. The knees and kicks were good. Uh, Like you said, I I liked Liv's comeback. Riot Squad essentially does the unicorn stampede. Things break down in the ring and Banks hits this really cool double meteora on, Mm. uh, I think it's Riot and Logan. It looked really good. 
Bailey comes out, her music even hits when she comes out and gets the tag, and Sasha without hesitation. So she's just as much to blame here. Right. Bailey gets the win, and I'm immediately thinking, get goddamn Constable Corbin out here, because yeah. this can't happen. Yeah, they actually say on commentary, well, if Kurt Angle sanctioned this and sent Bailey down as Bliss's replacement, then it's fine. I'm like, I don't think he did that, though. And yeah. then they show that he didn't because he was like, well, okay. but here's the other thing that I hated about this. Girls, I'm really sorry. I, I don't I don't know how to break this to you. But your win doesn't count. And they're like, really? This win and this meaningless six-woman tag match where you haven't established that, you know, we have – we're going to win more money or anything? Like, there's no stakes to this match at all, but they're really broken up about the losing it now. If you had established that if you win this match, you get, I don't know, something. A bottle of OMG from OMG.com would have been nice. That would have been nice. Anything. A bonus. A bonus is good. A win bonus. And then they lost the bonus. I don't know. I was very happy that Baron Corbin showed up backstage and he was like, this shit can't fly. Nope. Constable doing a good job. There's some terrible dialogue between the three winners. Yeah. Ember Moon is ready to party. That's what I gathered out of this. Well, I guess it's because she's from Texas, so she knows all That's the cool joints or whatever. Maybe. Yeah, she should have. That's, that's what should have bothered her, is the fact that she came up in Houston as a wrestler, and yeah. they like this cost her the victory, but the story isn't for her. So, yeah. nope, Constable not. Corbin is scolding not racist John Cone backstage. Yes. Finn Balor defeated Kevin Owens via DQ. This was the most pointless match. Entirely. Not only that, but the content of it was pointless. Yeah. It got about two minutes in, and I said, oh, they're doing the headlock match tonight. Yep. And, you know, I think Kevin Owens is masterful. I think the the last, really the last year of Finn Balor has been some of his, the best work of his career in my estimation, because, I mean, you were here when I used to bitch about his offense every single week. It's not been that way for me a lot for a long time. It's been, he's turned it around. Kevin Owens, however, bitches about the meaning of too sweet. And he was oddly fixated on it early in the match too. Like he was kicking Balor and screaming. (laughs) I I think (laughs) If if we didn't know that he had just signed a really a really great deal with WWE, I think be like he's like auditioning for the next season of being the elite. Yeah. <laughs> so Tope Conhilo from Balor, there's an arm bar applied. All right, double foot yeah. stomp. Balor beats up Owens on the feet. The yeah. show had a good crowd, and they really weren't giving what they deserved. They, they, nobody thought that Balor was going to pin Owens after the eye of the hurricane, but no. Owens super kick. Balor counters a pop up with a sling blade and his drop kick. And then Owens gets DQ'd for stomping a lot. Stop trying to win so hard. If you don't stop trying to win so hard, I'm going to disqualify you. Keep in mind, Bailey Bailey and her team got DQ'd, so that didn't count. The Braun Strowman match featured a weapon, kind of. He had to Donkey Kong through through a ladder. Nia Jackson and Natalya was an injury finish. James Harden won via DQ. The first fight of the or first match of the night probably should have been a DQ. 
<laughs> there was just it felt a lot of like it felt like WCW 2000 light some yeah. of the booking but a little less convoluted but after this KO attacks Balor frog splashes him grabs a ladder climbs it to emulate getting the briefcase why I don't know just because it's here's why video packages he should say that in a promo like i just wanted some cool footage (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted to look cool in the pre-match video package that would be something off the cuff that he would say it would it would be great like charlie's like why did you do that i i have my reasons So he goes to the top, not even the top of this ladder. No. And I thought he was falling at first. (laughs) So he sold it kind of well, but then he's afraid to jump. And then he gets down to about even with the top rope that he just jumped off of. Mm -hmm. That's too much too, but Balor catches him, beats him up, coup de gras the ladder. Whatever, man. Here's the thing. Before this match or somewhere on the, in the night, and they're like, here's what's going on next week. We know that you saw tonight two, two different singles matches featuring the four men from Raw that will be in the Money in the Bank match. Next week, we're going to put them all in the match at the same time for a yeah. fatal four-way that will show exactly nothing, but it will build momentum for Money in the Bank. Also next week, Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey come face to face like they did tonight and also last week and also the week before. So it's a like, yeah, none of this is special. None of it. And I'm, I'm I, I don't, this is why I hate when they're like, we have five, six weeks to build a pay-per-view and in the, in the next two weeks, we're going to set all the matches because then you just get this holding pattern crap. Yeah, we've like, got 11 matches confirmed. By the way, guys, on FightfulSelect.com, I'm adding a new monthly. It'll be a little bit more of a brief show, but it's called If It Were a Work, If It Were a Shoot. And I will kind of employ the crossover method of Fightful, and I'll predict each match with the stipulation how it would work if a WWE card was a shoot and how a UFC card would work if it were a work, who UFC would want to win based on storyline charisma, how they look, what they can do, all that good stuff. It should be a fun time. I think I'm going to film that tonight or tomorrow. By the way, Kurt Hawkins has pledged to end his streak against Baron Corbin, so at least there's a little bit of something there, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, here's a, here's a, here's a deal. Leave it to WWE during Money in the Bank month to remind us just how seriously they take Baron Corbin, that he's now he's the constable, he's the sheriff of Nottingham to Stephanie McMahon's Prince John, uh, keeping Friar Tuck Kurt Angle in line, and um, and that's that's his role now, not not as a wrestler or a serious contender for any titles. He does what he does, and along with that, he's going to be the dude who loses to Kurt Hawkins. That's that's what they're doing with this guy. A year removed from being pushed to the Money in the Bank briefcase. And he had then, eat. He had and eat, then he, Yeah, he did. He, he did. 
for standing up to the guy who it turns out was wrong about Daniel Bryan. Hmm. Hmm. Guys, if you all want to help out Fightful, head over to Fightful. Just comment on a story, engage in conversation. I'm starting to uh, join the live coverage and the live chats during Raw, SmackDown, some pay-per-views here and there. Of course, I'm working during those, so it can sometimes be difficult. But come over there, join our community, uh, leave a comment on on the forum, anything like that. Or uh, share our stories on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. I can't tell you how much. Word of mouth really helps Fightful. We are still very young. We are not even two years old yet. So uh, engagement from you all is very, very important. Like us, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe. A little programming schedule for you. I did UFC Utica post-show on Friday. Shorty Torres won as a guy hit white noise and knocked himself out. (laughs) That happened. Had the Weekender podcast. I'm filming the Q&A podcast for Fightful Select this week. Filming If It Were a Work, If It Were a Shoot. Filming a members-only podcast with sponsor-level tier member Alex Andreessen. Doing the Weekender podcast on Saturday. That will be for free, a free preview. But Tuesday, Holy Smokes MMA podcast. I'll be talking to Stephen Muehlhausen again after the closing arguments of CM Punk, Colt Cabana, and Chris Amon. The first edition of that is up on Fightful's YouTube and on the story over at FightfulWrestling.com. Wednesday, list and your boy. Big fight fallout. Jimmy might fire me. Jimmy <laughs> might make me homeless. You never know. Never you know. never know. Post-Smackdown show, of course. And uh, this Friday night, or this Saturday night, rather, UFC 225, CM Punk in action. When I tell you guys that is a loaded card, I mean it's a loaded card. Former UFC champion Rashad Evans is on the fight past prelims. It's psycho. Alex, what do you have going on this week? We'll see. Last week, uh, threw together a little something uh, on uh, Hulkster, mixing up his uh, <laughs> dead and alive uh, jackass cast brothers. Mates. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what craziness develops this week. Guys, thank you all so much. Again, please visit FightfulWrestling.com. We are always adding new stories. Almost every single hour, we've got several stories up there. So please check it out. Maybe you only check out the podcasts. Go to FightfulWrestling.com. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.